Hey y'all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie. Today we have Sierra Rojas. She's an alum of NYU and she works in partnership marketing at the USTA. So on that note, welcome Sierra. Hey Sierra, how are you doing? Good, Aggie. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear your story and kind of walk through your career path and things. Um, So just to get started, can you kind of tell us like when you were a young girl, did you always dream of working in the sports industry or did that come about later? It was always a dream of mine. I have played so many different sports. I even went my first two years of college out in California on an athletic academic scholarship and thought I was always going to be in sports. That was my end all be all. I just wasn't sure which department I wanted to be in yet. Uh, Halfway through my college career, I decided to come back east and go to NYU where I majored in sports management and had an incredible college career there with internships at Yes Network, MLB, CBS Sports Network, and all different departments. And it really helped me show where all my passions were in the sport industry and, and how I could make a difference in the future. That's amazing. What drew you to NYU? The ability to be in the city and to work for all these great sports companies and also the professors that you have at NYU that are have had experience in the sports industry or have those type of connections where you can really have relationships throughout your entire career. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm getting that a little bit of that right now, I think, but (laughs) that's awesome. Um, So can you kind of tell us about the internships that you had while you were at NYU? I know you were with CBS Sports, Guest Network, and MLB. Um, So how did you find these and what were your favorite parts? I would say one of the keys was the professors really just pushing you to apply for these internships that you could get your foot in the door with them through connections through different departments. So when I was at CBS Sports Network, I was in the marketing department, uh, got to help out with college basketball and how they're promoting on on social. And then I went on to my internship at Yes Network, where it was all PR focused and helping with the center stage and all of their shows and the scripts and really just getting behind what PR looks like and all the releases and really just how that side of the business operates. And then went on to my internship at MLB in sponsorships where that's where I found where my passions were in helping with partners and their activations at MLB all-star at all the jewel events and, and how that was going to be executed just from a partner perspective. That's awesome. It sounds like great experience. I love it. I love it. Um, so next, can you tell us how you found yourself at USTA? Yes. So after I graduated from NYU, I got a job as a broadcast coordinator and I knew I just had to get my foot in the door, whether it was not a department that I knew I wanted to be in, but the minute I could just say I was working for the USTA and the US Open Tennis Championships, I knew it was the right role. Um, I was there for about a year and realized that I wanted, wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in broadcast. So I was really fortunate that I was able to move into a different role. Um, I thought I was going to go back to Major League Baseball and be in sponsorships there. I took a role there and, and wasn't in love with it. So I was really fortunate that the trust that I built and the relationships that I got to go back to the USTA and had a role underneath our chief revenue officer, Lou Share, where you get to be a part of meetings and it's really an apprenticeship with him in everything learned the digital broadcast hospitality partnership side of the business really just a perspective on all different business units that really changed and 
had me realize exactly what I wanted to do, which was sponsorships. So a year later, a year and a half later, I got into the partnership marketing team. I've, I've been there for a couple of years now, now manager of partnership marketing and get to oversee and manage 10 different accounts from American Express to Rolex um, to Heineken, all different categories that all have different objectives. So it's a, a great role, different year, new objectives, always keeps you on your toes. That's great. I know the best thing about the sports industry, in my opinion, is how it's always changing and there's always something to do. Definitely keeps you on your toes all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. Great. So can you tell us a little bit about your time when you were at broadcasting um, with USTA and what was that like for you? Yes. So on the broadcasting team, it was a small team. There were four of us and we planned all year long for the open and how it was going to be broadcasted around the world, working directly with ESPN um, and also the tournaments and lead up to the U S open or the U S open series that a lot of people don't really know about unless you're an avid tennis fan. So it's this hard court season and lead up to the U S open got to travel for, to Cincinnati, to Atlanta, to see all these different tournaments and, and got to sit in an ESPN truck and, and make sure that all the commercial assets were executed And really just from a production standpoint of the U.S. Open, just being on the grounds, being able to help our domestic international broadcast partners. That's great. How is the transition, I guess, from broadcasting to business operations to partnerships? And how did you go through all of that? I think having that background in broadcast really gives you knowledge into partnerships. Um, All the partners will have some sort of integration with ESPN or internationally with our international broadcast partners and how you can really execute at a partner level. Having those insights has really been helpful for me being able to have the relationships across all different departments within the USTA really helped me in my relationships with my accounts and the account managers. Um, So I would say just having that background and being able to really figure out what department I wanted to be in has helped me tremendously. Definitely. Yeah. It sounds like they all build on top of each other, which is mm-hmm. great to hear. Um, okay. I wanted to move into like the partnership deals that are like specific to USTA. So how do these come about? Like I'm sure there are people knocking on your door trying to create partnerships and things. Um, but there's also like the other way, right? Where like y'all are looking for specific partners or trying to fill specific gaps. So um, how does that work out for you and how do you deal with different people coming to you? So the U.S. Open, our U.S. Open partners, it's very unique. We have a limited sponsorship model. So we have official sponsors and we have about 14 of those. And we also have supplier partners, which is a partner that delivers a service or product to the U.S. Open. We are very unique in that we've had sponsors for more than 10, 20, 25, 30, 40 years that partners are continuing to come back, continuing to do renewals with us because we are very traditional in our model in that we want our partners to have the most exposure, the most opportunity to execute and engage with fans on site, just keeping it really limited so that you don't see a ton of signage on the back wall or on the side walls. Um, So we are just very particular in the way we go about it. We have a small sales team because our deals run for a couple years, some north of 10. It really depends on the partner. Um, so we 
really just go back and forth on, is this the right category for us? Is this the right brand? It has to be the right fit for us or, or we don't move forward with that type of partnership. Gotcha. Is there something that you're looking for in these companies, like their values or like their target audience or even like their location? Like I know regional exclusivities is pretty common for sports teams. So, or maybe I guess all of the above, like what, what are you looking for in those partners? With these partners, it's really on a broadcast, really getting them to value that broadcast exposure is key because we are a global event. Um, all of our partners have global IP rights. We don't do regional partnerships like an MLB or a baseball team. It's very different in that aspect. Um, we have brands that are normally global um, and focused on reaching fans around the world. We also really just look to have partners that are aligned with our values uh, from a USTA business objective and the way that we align with our demographics is also key um, to make sure that we're hitting the right fans on site, the right fans on social and broadcast. So there's always a ton of synergies between different accounts. Uh, for American Express, for example, they have card members of all ages. So we work with them to hit different demographics, um, whether it's on site or online. And then you also have other partners like a Heineken, like who's 21 plus that is going to want to drink a Heineken beer. Really just depends on the partner. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, so last couple things about partnerships. How has this space and your role changed since COVID happened? I would say this pandemic is, is changing everything. So many partners now are relying heavily on digital activations and social. How can they reach their fans in this matter? How can they get new fans? Because you have so many more people watching sports now and the ratings are going to continue to climb across, I think, every sport with the way that People just want something live to watch, right? You can't be in the stadium. You can't go to games anymore. How can you reach fans there? Um, so I would say digital, social, and broadcast are key now uh, for hitting those fans, not just during the pandemic, but I think for years to come in the way that the sports landscape is continuing to change. Definitely. Kind of on that note, um, like with the growth in digital and social media and things, I feel like it's a lot easier for sports uh, sponsors and different partners to come into the sports space now because there are so many more opportunities. So has the USDA or the US Open seen like an increase in like people wanting to get involved? From a partner perspective or a, a fan? A partner perspective. From partner. Yeah, so well, we're also have all our sponsorships locked in for 2020. So we haven't seen a, seen a ton of new development there, but we have seen a, a shift in the way that our partners are approaching these assets. Um, are they creating viewing kits for the U.S. Open? Are they creating a sweepstakes for fans? It, it all really just depends on the partner and their assets for this year. Sure. Makes sense. Um, okay. Somebody sent in a question for you. It says, what makes the U.S. Open unique from other Grand Slams and tournaments? I would say the nightlife. The U.S. Open nightlife, the New York crowds. We have so many tennis fans that just love that aspect of the U.S. Open and being in New York. I would say that's one thing that separates us apart. We're vibrant, bold. There's still tradition. Um, so big fan of the U.S. Open. I wasn't a huge um, tennis fan before I took this role, but the way that you see the U.S. Open compared to the other slams, it's they're all just so unique in their own way. Definitely, definitely. I was wondering, so 
with the partners at the U.S. Open, like, do you see them being super different or like they're very specific and wanting to sponsor the U.S. Open or are they also wanting to sponsor other tennis events and other global events? I would say it's a mix of both. You have some that see the value in being a part of a global U.S. Open Grand Slam tournament. You have some that also at a local level like to reach the Northeast tournaments that are part of the U.S. Open series. Um, sure. You have some that try to be a part of the Miami Open. Uh, it all ranges different partners, uh, what their objectives are for that year. Sure. Yeah. Um, Isabel, do you want to jump in? Sure. Um, hi, Sierra. Thank you for being here today. Um, I've loved learning so much about your background. Um, I just had a question about your time at NYU and maybe um, some of your jobs that you've had prior. Um, I know you said you learned a little bit. Your broadcast background kind of helped you with um, moving into this partnerships role at the USTA. Do you think that – I know the sports management program at NYU is great, but do you think that um, the classes benefited you? Because I know that some people – you know, having that real work experience kind of benefits them more for those jobs. Um, so do you think there was like a specific class at NYU that kind of helped you, you know, get to where you are and kind of figure out what you wanted to do? Um, and, if, and is there something more that you wish you did while you were in school to prepare you for um, the sports world once you graduated? Thank you, Isabel. Great question. I would say all the classes that I took at NYU, the sport management specific ones, I loved. All of the examples and business models and situations that you had to deal with were directly involved in sports. Whether you got to create a marketing plan for an MLS soccer team or one of the classes that always stood out for me was leadership in crisis situations. Um, figuring out how to deal with different crisis, crisis management happens everywhere. Um, Tony Pontero, I'm sure many of you know, he was one of my professors and now a mentor of mine that I connect with all the time. So I think mentorship is key. Um, find that professor, find that sports executive that can really help you get your foot in the door, can help you build those relationships. Um, was one of the people that really stood out for me at NYU and, and just changed my entire career and my perspective. So I would say NYU was really impactful in the way that I was able to have a career in sports, continue to have a career in sports. And if there was one thing that I could go back and do differently, I would say to network even more as a student. You don't realize that you think you're young and you're not as experienced as other people, but if you show your confidence to those executives across agencies, brands, sports properties, teams, that really stands out. It stands out so much to everyone, just that you're able to pick up the phone or get on a video call nowadays. People love that. And I think communication is just key across the board. Great. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, Caroline, do you want to jump in? Hi, Sierra, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Thanks for joining us today. Um, my question is, I spent time in the sponsorship space too at CSM. So we've done some work with you guys. So very familiar with the USTA and love the US Open. My question is, I know you said a lot of your sponsors have done these kits. I think you said they're mailing viewing kits, there's a digital, and I know your partnerships are multi-year, but how are you handling when they can't have an activation? If there can't be fans there, are you giving them an extra year in their contract? Or are you saying, okay, because you can't have your Heineken you know, activation set up, we'll give you more digital, or we'll do something extra. Like, How are you replacing those assets this year when fans can't be there? And are you maybe having to extend their contract an extra year? Or really, how are you combating that? 
it's really unique for each partner. We have some that are building out their digital packages more this year. We're just trying to find value anywhere we can. Um, for some of them, it's figuring out, can we extend their contract? It's just crazy. All those conversations are still ongoing. I know we're trying to finalize all of that before the U.S. Open, but our timelines are a little tight. Um, but yeah, any way we can add more value for a partner, we want to be the best partner possible. That's our goal. What can we do to have them want to renew with us, have them extend, have them just stay on as long as possible. We're just willing to just be there and communicate as much as possible with having weekly calls with partners to give them updates, just being the best partner possible. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. Um, so we have a couple more that were sent in. What is a skill that you think people should master going into the partnership space? I guess there can be more than one. If I'm sure there are many yeah. skills. <laughs> um, I would say number one is communication. Being able to just pick up the phone, uh, whether it's a quick question or just to check in on someone, I think is one of the best things you can do with any partner and building out those relationships. I know so many people use email these days and, and the tone of the email can always be misinterpreted. So I would say always just being comfortable to pick up the phone and having also emotional intelligence to really figure out how's your relationship? How is the partner feeling on that subject? How can you really just change the way that they're, interpreting something real right like how what is that emotional intelligence how are they reacting how are you reacting and really just being upfront with all of that definitely um okay next one that was sent in what is the difference in the process of creating partnership deals around events or for the entirety of the usta so the us open the partnership is for the entire tournament um and whether that's a year-round uh, partnership. It's completely year round with the U.S. Open, but there's also the opportunity to get involved with our USTA Foundation and giving back to the game of tennis and the sport. Um, how can you get involved at a grassroots level? We're willing to be open and just willing to work with each partner and their objectives. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, last two. What is the most exciting partnership package or deal that you've been able to work on? I would say from start to finish, Rolex has been one of the most incredible partners to work with. All of them are incredible, but Rolex has been one that is just so unique and they really value the exposure on site with their clocks, the exposure on TV, just being a partner that is very direct and knows exactly what they want um, from seeing it from start to finish has just been incredible process from the contract phase to the execution and just keeping up with that relationship. Definitely, definitely. Um, Isabel, do you want to jump in? Sure. Um, I was just wondering if, like, obviously each partner, like you said before, targets a different demographic or age group, whatever it is. Is there an area in which you guys um, currently have a partner now or don't have a partner at all that you would like to get into or maybe change the partner that you currently have? I would say we're extremely happy with all of our partners and the long standing relationships that we have, um, whether it's a partner that might change their objectives from a, a demographic standpoint for that year, we work with them, um, whether it's hitting the 40 plus year old demographic to hitting that 
uh, millennial or going even younger? How can we activate more on social? How can we do more with videos? I know TikTok has been become a huge platform for everyone, every age group. So how can we stay relevant there and just really doing things around the world with partners um, to really just keep up with everything else that's going on, especially now with COVID. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I follow the US Open TikTok. Um, <laughs> I think the videos are so funny. So whoever runs that account, tell them that they're doing a great job for me. <laughs> I'll do. Thank you. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> great. Um, so just to wrap up, do you have um, a piece of advice that either you wish you had heard while you were in college or um, something that you would tell people looking to enter the partnership marketing space? I have a couple. I would say mentorship is key. Finding that person. I know I said it before, but just to reiterate, um, just picking someone that can really be a, a sponsor for you, right? Like how can you right. promote your personal brand? How can you get your experience and who you are out there to the sports world is really key in, in differentiating yourself. And also just reaching out to those people, right? Like not even if they're a mentor or a professor, but if there's a CEO of a company that you want to talk to, why not send them a LinkedIn message? Why not just shoot them an email? Or if there's someone you know that has that connection to them, don't be shy in asking. I think that's one of the key things that has helped me along my career is really just being confident in yourself and everything that you bring to the table. Definitely. I think don't be shy in asking is something that I heard my freshman year of college and I think about it every single day <laughs> for sure. Um, well, Sierra, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time and answering all of our questions. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Stay tuned for more episodes on Adventures with Aggie coming next week.